Hello, welcome to Phil and David Talk About Barry. I'm the David part. That's the Phil part. Phil, hello. Hello. I figured, you know, let's let's get the fluff out of here because we got a lot to talk about. Because we are at the season finale, Barry season three, right at the end here. I got no time for small talk this week. I mean, really, uh, really, there's not. Uh, episode eight entitled Starting Now the the finale of season three um to kick things off here because we i mean ooh, we have so much to talk about uh i will say that i've i've read in a couple places now and I, I was telling you phil just before we started recording i was reading this vulture article uh and bill Hader said that he wanted the finale to feel like a panic attack do you uh, think he succeeded mission accomplished yes <laughs> yeah. uh it was um, not only a panic attack, but like a depressive episode. Everything is just, uh, everybody is having the worst experience ever mm-hmm. in this. Like every single character, every single main character is just coming apart at the seams and you, you're watching it happen. And it's just like a slow motion car accident or something. It's, it's just, it's just a crushing episode. Yeah. Yeah, it it definitely is. I think I'd seen somewhere else, and this might be unsubstantiated, but um, I thought I saw somewhere else that a writer on the show did actually have like an anxiety attack while working on this episode. Um, and I wouldn't blame them uh, in the slightest because I felt like, no. I, yeah, I felt like I was going to have one several times. It It's definitely the um, the panic attack feeling is real. And it, it seems... Uh, boy, I don't know if it seems like artistic genius or cruelty if Bill <laughs> Hader set out to do that and actually did it to his writing staff. It sounds like one of those like Stanley Kubrick things where he right. drove Shelley Duvall to a nervous breakdown, but it's like, yeah, but The Shining is so great. Right. Like, it's almost like you kind of have to go, is it worth it? Is it worth it to drive somebody to insanity? Um, but, uh, you know, in this case, I say yes. I say <laughs> I say absolutely because this, um, not aside from the the frenetic energy of it, I can say it's satisfying because it did, um, at least loosely wrap up so many loose ends. It's not like it's a cliffhanger, but also you got a lot of closure on a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the ending because there's some stuff that I, I want to talk about. Also, I was reading about in this interview and, and something that I'd even thought about that I really liked about what they did to kind of wrap things up as, as difficult as, as it was to get through. Um, normally, you know, we're kind of free form when we, when we have these conversations, we kind of just jump around from character to character. Let's like see how much we can get through it. I have like a plot synopsis here. So let's see, like, let's try to go the direct path just because I think like the way that all the plot lines and storylines intersect, it'd be kind of hard to talk about like one independently versus another. Right. Um, so we start with, hey, hey, uh, a lot of our predictions had to do with Barry still being in the hospital this episode. Um, Phil, <laughs> how long was Barry in the hospital in this episode? Um- about 20 seconds, yeah, if you count like the hallucination that. sequence, um, mm-hmm. because technically he was in the hospital at that time. Yeah, he leaves immediately. Yeah, it's just uh, they did they they did whatever they had to. I kind of appreciate them not saying like what poisoned him, like just do the TV. Th- he was poisoned. OK, we right. gave him the antidote. Great. 
perfect. That's fine. Um, he gets out of there as fast as possible and goes home uh, to discover, well, first, also, there's not a lot of comedy in this episode. Um, I think there's like two jokes that I can think I, of. I think so, yeah. Uh, one is being that the roommates left a note that they were going to Tijuana to try out their act. Absolutely brilliant <laughs> joke. I mean, like, they only had a couple of jokes and they're both fantastic. And this one was just... I, I love the loose storyline this season of Barry moving back in with his roommates. Mm -hmm. and, and they're cutting a terrible comedy album. Yeah, they they and, know... And just, <laughs> they know it's not doing well here. They can't do it here. So we're going to go to Tijuana. We're going to go to Tijuana. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and see what happens. Um, but what what Barry does find back home is Sally, uh, who is now asking him to uh, to do the thing that he was going to do to the, the Banshee lady, to do that to Natalie. Uh, like all the, the psycho messing with her head psychosomatic like breaking yeah. her down as a human being uh stuff and is like she's totally on board for it now she's like yeah let's do it to natalie it makes sense well she's had a bit of a a tailspin since um since barry suggested it but yeah it took her a while but she came around right. finally she fi finally she came <laughs> around to seeing common sense uh <laughs> but now we have barry um saying no, you don't want to do this. Well, and that um, his reason for that also doubles back to the beach hallucinations yes. that he had of the afterlife and that Sally and Jean were there, that oh, he saw yes, them there yes. with him. Yeah, they they were amongst the crowd, which seemed to be the crowd of people that he had killed. Uh, so it, he was having some sort of, in his head, like a premonition like, if I keep doing this, eventually, this is, you know, my read on it. It's not ever said on the show. But, like, if I keep doing this, eventually, they're going to get caught in the crosshairs and I'm going to kill or they're going to be collateral damage because of what I'm doing. Oh, uh, collateral damage in a uh, literal sense. But also, I think we see it here in, in this episode, too. Like, the idea that just uh, being in contact with Barry, I think he he sort of understands, like, Oh, I I drag these people into the darkness with whether or not they actually get killed. It is like I think he's starting to see that. Oh, he just ruins the lives of everybody he's in contact with. Yeah, yeah, and he says to Sally, like he says, "I've seen where I'm going, and I I can't let you go down that path." Right. Like you said, like that darkness. I can't let you go down that path because I've seen where it leads me, and I and I don't want you going there. Which like, okay, that shows that Barry has suddenly had some growth. That he he thinks that he rec he recognizes like oh what I'm doing is is not justifiable in the way that I kept saying it was, but I, I'm so far down this path that it's like is it too late for me? Is where Barry's at now. Yeah, I think um, he's having sort of a reckoning with his his hallucinations, and I mean like what they've shown us in the last couple episodes has been. Uh, like Revenant style death and rebirth. It's almost like the, the resurrection story by the numbers where it's, he's coming out of that and kind of going, Oh, second chance. And um, now, you know, kind of understanding he has to cut ties with uh, the people around him and that he's going to have to start over again. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And before he can really dive into all of that too much... Uh, somebody from the the motorcycle gang, or the not motorcycle, the dirt bike gang. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Taylor uh, offshoot, I guess. Yeah, shows up, um, and uh, and knocks Barry out, and then proceeds to attempt to uh, strangle Sally. And this is where, as heavy as the show has gotten, <laughs> things. Really, like, this is, I think, where the panic attack stuff really started. Well, okay, there was actually the scene before this. I was just kind of following the plot threads we were talking about. There is the scene with Gene and um, Jim that we'll talk is that, about. Is that before this? That, I can't remember, that though. That was the, before okay. this. Okay. Yeah, that, we'll talk about that in a sec. Let's finish talking about what happens with Sally when she oof, oh, manages to stab the guy in the it's, neck. It's really hard to watch that scene. Austin and I watched True Romance uh, last season. And there's that scene where uh, Patricia Arquette is just being beaten to a pulp by by, uh, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini. (laughs) Right. Um, And uh, it's it's one of those things that it's like, it's really, really hard to watch. And I got the exact same vibe watching, watching Sally fight for her life. Yeah. In this scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's being strangled and they um you know, one thing that movies tend to do a lot with like stranglings and stuff like that is like, oh, five seconds, you're you know, you're you go limp right. and you're done. But like this is like, no, strangling someone takes a while. And uh And it's exhausting. And, it's, and yeah. you slowly see the light go out. It's it's really hard to watch. Yeah. And uh then so, you know, we're on that scene for a while, then she stabs him in the neck, and it, it gets him at such an angle that it messes his eye. <laughs> stabs his eye from the inside. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, she, uh, then, oh, go ahead. No, it just, it, it's such a surprise, I mean, the surprise that she has the knife is one thing, and then when you see where it landed, it is... It just adds unsettling on top of unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's... If you have any kind of body horror issues, that this that shot is going to set you off. Yeah, and and I will say so. Speaking speaking of body horror, um, I I had watched actually just before this. I finally started Stranger Things, um, season four. I I'm like the last person on the planet uh, who is. Nope, not, you're not. Uh, have I'm, you not started I'm, it yet? I'm I'm still not uh, there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which um, by the way, I was actually going to mention this. Yeah, I'll mention here on the show. Uh, do you remember? In uh, American Vandal, there was like the three friends of the guy, and one of them like had really long hair. Yeah, he's he's in Stranger Things season four. Oh and no like, shit! Yeah, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Hey, um, oh, that's great!" But anyway, there so there's some body horror stuff they introduce in Stranger Things season four, and like it's you know it's fairly effective, it's horror, but it's not real in the way that this is. Right. And what was happening here was so visceral and so real that, uh, yeah, like you're going to have a reaction to what's going on. Yeah, it's that it's the difference between like I can watch David Cronenberg stuff, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like seeing something like this where you're like, oh, that could happen. Oh, that's that's absolutely the worst. And it's based in reality. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that gets me really cringy and uh and kind of flinching, flinching at the the TV show that I know is not real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Sally beats the guy to death with a baseball bat inside of a soundproof booth, uh, which that, okay, from a directing, like writing, that was, oh man, Bill Hader is a good director. Um, Great, yeah. I gotta say, he's really developed a style. He really knows how to like show the audience something interesting. And just like the way, like when the door, like she hits him, you hear the first hit with the baseball bat, then the door closes and we see her continuing to wail on him, but we don't hear it. And it's just so, so, I did not expect the soundproof recording booth, the soundproof recording booth uh, to come back like that in this season or to actually be soundproof right, seeing yeah, as they that. built it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was, and she just beats him. And it's one of those things yeah. where it, it doesn't show us. So it's like more effective, right? Like all we see is just her wailing on the guy and it's, uh, it, it, oh, that this, whole, the whole sequence. Th- this episode is full of graphic violence that we don't see. Uh, We'll get to talking about Hank and his storyline. Oh, yes. But again, it's, I mean, you are, you are given enough of it to know exactly what's happening, but you're not really seeing the final outcome of it. Or aside from the guy with the knife in his face, like you, you don't actually see him getting beaten to death. And it's just, it's such an effective, uh, way of of telling this story and being graphic without being like like tasteless about it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right it's not like um and this is this is a problem i have with the movie drive um to be honest i feel like drive i know people love drive here we go we're we're (laughs) gonna come at it i'm gonna vehemently defend drive before you even criticize it david okay no, great. Go, no I, I get it it's uh, yeah. a it's a movie you're on one side or the other of uh and like sure. you know when i can even hear the movie first of all uh second it's like there's so many scenes where it's like look at this violence look at this violence do you see this violence and it's like yeah i see the violence that's not violence itself yeah. is not inherently interesting or telling me something and in right. this it's like yeah you don't need to show me the violence for me to be very affected by what Sally is doing here. Yeah, that's super fair. That's a, the, 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 of of as much as I I do love Drive. Uh I don't know that I've ever heard a criticism of it that I'm like not like, "Oh, that's fair." Like <laughs> it, it's 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 a completely fallible movie, but um, you yeah. know. not to say I don't I don't think that, you know, that movie has merit. I've seen the movie a couple of times. Like I get why people like it. I just think yeah, for it's me a vibe. It's, Yeah, for me it's like the violence. I'm just like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Great. Um, just a quick aside. I saw, uh, something online the other day that is a online petition to CGI the scorpion into the red lobster logo on drive <laughs> and release that cut of it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Let's okay. do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, uh, sounds like a plan. Um, so Sally beats this guy to death with a baseball bat and, uh, then Barry, you know, gets her and like, she just has blood on her face. And, like you could see, like you could watching the scene, you could see like a little bit of blood splatter up on like the screen and stuff. Right. You know, again, like that effective, not showing us. Uh, but then he is trying to talk her down and is like, you didn't do this. You know, I did this. Like knowing, you know, somebody might eventually ask questions. And if they do, 
uh, it is like, I did this. You didn't do this. Um, which is like, I think he's also trying to take, take it, the baggage from her yes. and just say, you know, like let's, let's create a new reality where I, I did this and it's my guilt. Yeah. Cause Barry can in like, he can carry the weight of, um, of what he did. Cause you know, he's, he's killed a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, spoiler <laughs> yeah, alert. Full of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he can carry the weight of that. And like, she hasn't, you know, she hasn't done that. And he doesn't right. want her to have to live in that reality. Cause now he is like accepted fully, like what that's done to him. And is like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, you didn't do this. I, I did this. You leave, like I will deal with 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 what's happened here, which which is also, and it kind of is like, I mean, it is his fault. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. And it's also kind of like the first time, in a way, that Barry is taking any sort of responsibility, uh, in in like a a meaningful way for what's been going on. And I would say it's the first, maybe selfless act that Barry has performed mm. not that he's a selfish character but like we've talked about how uh so much of this season has really kind of highlighted it but when you think about it barry has just sort of walked through all three seasons you know he hasn't really helped people he hasn't really done anything that wasn't motivated by him or fuchs or getting them out of a jam or something like that but it hasn't you know, here he's going out on a limb for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and he knows too. You know, the the cops might come around. This might, and he is saying, like, I, I, you know, I'm not going to run from this one in a way. Like, no matter what happens, like I did this, and um, yeah, it's it's it, we're seeing the start, which is funny because it's the finale. We're seeing the start of a Barry. I think that is genuinely you know he is he has paid lip service to wanting to change in the past right um you know i'm gonna stop doing this right now and everything is going starting now hey episode title and uh everything is going to like be fine and now he's like sort of starting to realize like no it's not that simple it's not just like i don't just say no more it's like I've he has all this baggage, like you said, and he's like, you know, he's trying to take that away from Sally, but like he's got all this baggage himself that he has to has to deal with in some way. Right. It, it was always um, before. OK, starting now, starting now. Oh, wait, there's a loose end. Got to take care of the loose end. I got to do this. And, I, you know, Hank's dragging me back into work for him. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it would just snowball. But. Uh, yeah, you do kind of see the change and you see it when he takes the body out to apparently his regular yeah. place where he <laughs> his, takes bodies. <laughs> he just takes a trip out of Joshua Tree. <laughs> like it's, oh, Barry's back. He might. Yeah. <laughs> they must know him out there by now. It's it's the only, yeah. <laughs> He's just, oh, hey guys, just doing a drop off. All right, have a good day. Oh, uh, let's, let's rewind a little bit and go back to, um, well, we'll talk about the, the one other joke in the episode, uh, cause I'm seeing here where, uh, when Sarah Burns' character just is talking to Fuchs and then she goes out and, uh, cause they basically tell Fuchs 
we can link you to a bunch of stuff. You know, she's been pretty dubious right. that he is the the quote unquote Raven, the Raven. Uh, but he's still connected to all of this. And uh, she's just like, we can connect you to like to all of these things. Um, and I just like that scene where she's like, do we know what happened to Albert and the police chiefs? Like, nope, we haven't seen him since he walked out of here cocking his gun. <laughs> uh, I probably went to go see the sights. That, uh, I love I love the chief as comic relief this whole season. Uh, but on this note, I do want to say I I think uh, I see I don't think of her until there's a scene with her. And then I always am a little bit like, boy, they kind of underutilize yeah. Sarah Burns on this show. Definitely. I think she's so good uh, ever since she was Loach's partner. Yeah. And, and I just feel like they've kind of relegated her to uh, the background, which is fine. She, she fits in that storyline. I just wish she had a, a role that was, a little meatier if she was a little more like Janice and more kind of proactive and in investigating. We really only see her in these interrogation and office scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it felt like they were planning on there to be more with her when they introduced her. And then um, it's my understanding that uh, the way that the show is, is written um, and they had like a, a kind of vague outline for the season of where some things were going to end up. Uh, like they knew that Cousineau was going to be the one to turn Barry in. Um, but for, for a lot of the stuff, they kind of just build it moment by moment. And they see like, does it still make sense? These ideas we have, do they still make sense by the time we get there? And if not, let's change it. So I think like they probably introduced her and would be like, this is going to be the new detective kind of foil character. Right. But I think just as they were writing, they maybe didn't find a place with the story they were telling for her to do more. And I wish that they, I wish that they had, um, because I do like Sarah Burns and it's nice to see I think she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And more stuff. And I think she could have done a whole lot more. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, maybe, you know, maybe she'll still be around. I think I kind of said this at the end of the last season too, though. I was like, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more for her next season. And then, you know, we got what uh, we got. Well, you know, Hank's still running around. Uh, he could come back, and she was investigating that. There's there's potential for her to be around uh, sure. next season. Sure. Uh, where um, next season's going to go? I don't know. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that, <laughs> yeah. But Fuchs, Fuchs is going to prison, uh, and he's he is claiming now that he is the Raven. Right. Uh, he's a little <laughs> unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that that woman was like, what are you talking about? Uh, but then... Jim and Gene have a conversation. And uh yeah. It it is uh it's intense. Conversation is one word for it. <laughs> um uh before that we do see uh Gene is getting a, uh Gene and Annie are getting an offer to uh produce a play that will be televised in movie theaters too. So we are seeing their their careers continuing to climb. Mm-hmm. as well yes yeah uh he is continuing to because you know it's like what play do we want to do he's like well let's do this play that annie wrote like he is honestly trying to, to do what he can after he like stalled out her career yeah. years ago um and it just like it just so happens like yeah like she's she has a spot at the table right it's not just like oh he's taking this meeting and like hey this worked out really great for you what's the next thing he is like 
okay, if we're going to keep doing this together, like she is here too. She's involved. He's, he's still championing her and wanting this to be her break. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, I hope, I hope we see more of her in the, in the future. It kind of got set up. Like it feels like we will be seeing more of her. I hope uh, we see Chrome fuck number nine, uh, yeah. <laughs> in its entirety it over was, season four. Yeah. Very, <laughs> it was seventies. It was very experimental. Um, yeah, gosh. Yeah. That title. <laughs> um, but, but then yeah, Jim calls him away and, uh, be, tries to break him down. With with his seer training, you know, basically, yeah. Do 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 you love my daughter? Did you love my daughter? Do you love Barry Berkman? Uh, getting real intense. Uh, really breaking yeah. breaking down poor Henry Winkler, who is continuing to act his heart out this season. And yes, and giving it uh, giving it his all. This is uh, it was uh, the mechanics of the scene are like the. It's not your fault scene from uh, Goodwill Hunting. That's all I kept thinking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's like so the intensity is just through the roof. And and both of them are just putting a clinic on of how to chew the scenery and still have a powerful performance. I think both of those actors, they're just literally nose to nose and uh, and going through the full range of emotion. It's crazy. Yeah. Because Gene, I think Gene is still afraid of Barry. I think um, even despite the fact that Barry was like, I'm going to give you this money and I'm going to walk away and you're never going to see me again. I think there was still a part of him that was like, this guy killed Janice and he's obviously shown how dangerous he is. Right. Uh, so I got to be really careful to like not do anything to get in his crosshairs. And then you have Jim come in who really just like breaks him down. Uh, and there's like so much that thinking back between that scene of like that scene and the very last scene, like there's a whole other conversation that happens that we don't get to see, but you can kind of fill in the blanks of it, but he gets, oh, yeah. he gets Kusino to a place where Kusino can't like his fear is there still, but like he, he's, he can't keep living that lie. He's got to, but- yeah, I think he he gets Gene to kind of realize like why am I protecting Barry? You know, I I do love Janice. Why and this man killed Janice. Why would I protect him even at the cost of my own life? Like I think he he really like that scene is really about getting Gene to like his most honest place if that makes sense. Yeah. Like uh, about getting him to realize what his priority should be. Yeah. He he wants, and he so desperately wanted justice for Janice um, for a while and at the start here and at the start of like the season, and then he has let that go um, because of a number of reasons. And uh, now he has somebody who is getting him back to that place of wanting justice. And, and uh, Robert Ray Wisdom, playing Jim Moss. Um, we've seen that the season didn't have like, you know, he, he was a, he was a big kind of intimidating presence, uh, but he really got to, you know, to play that character in this episode um, when he was interrogating Gene, when he gets up close to him and he's just like, yeah. uh, I'm like, look, look at a man when he's talking to you. And it's just like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That would break me down too. If somebody was doing that to me. 
there's something so good about uh the casting of that character uh cuz the guy is he's big uh but he's also he's older he's a little heavier he's one of those old guys that you can look at and go oh that was a badass when he was like 20 years ago like that guy was was just like a, a linebacker yeah and he and he could and st- then he could still kick you my see ass. like, like his still- tough guy is still in there yeah. and he lets it out and it's just like Oh, like it makes him kind of the baddest guy in the room. Yeah. Um, even though he looks like he's over the hill, it's like, oh no, don't mess with that guy. That guy really is. Um, yeah. Uh, the 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 biggest badass. Just just because he might be like past his prime in some ways, uh, he is still, you know, not yeah. better. Like he he can still beat some people who are in their prime right now. Yes. Uh, and not not bat an eye. Like yeah, just intimidating presence um just a strong feel to him and it was interesting to see like that technique of like repeating those questions at an increasingly higher volume because that would probably honestly work on most people i think so i'm I'm thinking it's like i would have pissed my pants like five minutes before gene broke down (laughs) yeah Probably when I walk into the garage and just see two chairs facing each other and nothing else. (laughs) I love that. I got to show you something. (laughs) And it's just these two chairs. Um, And and again, too, going back to Bill Hader's style that I've noticed, uh, the way that he sticks with the main characters or sticks with the character that we're following. Um, You know, when, uh, when Jim brings his chair closer to Gene, we don't see that. The camera doesn't like pan out. We hear it happening, uh, but we are stuck with Gene. We are like, and it's closing in on Gene who is, you know, even though they're in this big garage, he's being backed into a corner. Like there's the kind of that claustrophobic emotional feeling that Gene has that is being shown through camera work here. And it was just very effective. Um, It just worked really well. The more we talk about, uh, have these conversations about Bill Hader and his directing style. Like the more I'm starting to get my head around, like the, the bottom line of Bill Hader's directing style is just leaving shit to your imagination. Like uh, he gives you just enough and then he'll have a big reveal, but you won't see the main action going on. And it's just so effective. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's talk about it really on display in Bolivia. Where, oh, man. where Hank, uh, who is still uh, attached to a radiator, uh, yep. then has to listen to two of his buddies who were tr- attempt made made an escape attempt. Man, I'm having trouble talking today. Um, they made an escape attempt, but then we hear that the Bolivians, uh, how Bolivians deal with that is some sort of large cat. Some some large unseen animal uh, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I I thought it was like maybe a lion. I'm seeing something that said it was a panther. Um, either I was way. thinking panther or leopard. Something. Uh, I'm trying to think of South American cats. Yeah. But, either way, yeah. I don't want to be in a room with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And and we are with Hank the entire time. Um, obviously they probably don't have the budget for a Panther and a CGI Panther would not have looked good. Uh, but, but, but that is, house of the dragon took the, the entire HBO yeah, CGI right. budget. 
Right. They they were too busy making real dragons. They couldn't uh, afford a panther. Um, but like we are just witnessing it through Hank's eyes, and we're with Hank, and it is uh, hard to listen to. <laughs> kind of the theme of this episode. Uh, you know, it's hard to be in that situation because you have sweet, innocent Hank here, uh, who's again, consequences being a big theme of this season, consequences for your actions. This was not a consequence that probably he saw coming. I didn't see it coming, but it is a consequence of his actions. No, poor Hank just went there to, uh, the Cristobal. It's it's, it's, it's a, okay. It's a, a consequence of Cristobal's actions. It's yeah. Um, it's Hank just went there looking for some closure or or you know uh, uh to at least have a, a discussion with Cristobal and find out what's going on. Tell him no more red flags. No more red flags. And uh, he ends up having to hear his friends be mauled by a terrifying cat. I, I think the thing that struck me the most in this episode is, um. Seeing Hank go through a whole episode's worth of story for him, and none of it is comedic. None of it is no cute and no. funny yeah. and charming. And the Hank, I mean, it's like it's like seeing your dad cry when you're a kid, and it's just like I'm so unprepared for this because I've never seen this side of of this person before. Yeah, it's it's shocking and and heartbreaking just to watch him experience so much pain in in these few minutes yeah they they have made um gangs and like they have not glorified violence in any way in this show but they have made gangs sort of a source of comedy uh right in this show and this season with the bolivians and especially here like the comedy's kind of gone you know the the real messed up things about gangs uh comes back into the forefront and some of that too is like you know, the people who were in charge of the gangs were Cristobal and Noho Hank, who are these super positive uh, guys right. who like want success, but success, you know, is okay. We'll, we'll run some drugs and get some money and then, you know, buy ourselves a nice house. And it's like, now we're dealing with the actual people who we see the way they got this power and the messed up things they do to keep that power. And, uh, right. And like the walls falling apart and Hank's just listening and and then he shoots up the cat. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure um, we're not going to see Akmal anymore, which is sad to say. It it really is. Uh, These are the henchmen that we've, we've also come to love, you know, Um, you're talking about like the, the way they've portrayed gangs, like Cristobal and Hank are the, the corporate guys, like the corporate management team that's really into like, you got to read this book, this right. self-help, but you know, like, and it's just like this, they don't really care about drugs. Drugs just happens to be the business that they run. Right. Right. And, and, and it's just, um, but now it is, uh, we're seeing Hank's gone down to the home of the cartels where real cartel shit is going down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's face to face with that probably for the first time in his life. And um, it, I think it does, does just all come to a head here. And it's uh, it's a little terrifying. And then you get the, after the escape, you get the upstairs stuff that is um, 
horrifying in its own way. It's a different kind of horrifying and and heartbreaking. Yeah. First of all, just like the scene of him when he goes up there because they were in that like kind of dungeony area, and then he's just he's walking through this really nice house was super unsettling. Um, yeah. In like a whole like different way, but then yeah, he stumbles upon this scene. The big oil painting of yeah. uh, Cristobal and his family. Yeah. It was just it was a weird. Uh, weird feeling, and then he he stumbles upon the scene as you were saying, where uh, where Elena is trying to uh, shock the gay out of Cristobal. I guess is is the best way to put what was going on there. Yeah, uh, it it's uh it's it's like one of these practices you hear about these terrible like um I don't, I don't even uh, like the gay conversion camps and conversion, conversion therapy, that's I was yeah. trying to think yeah. Uh, where they send your gay kid to be tortured until they decide um, that they're not gay anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's horrifying to watch uh, on many different levels. Um, and it's got that uh, the end result is kind of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's the the end of that movie mm-hmm. um, where Cristobal just kind of isn't there anymore. Yeah. And uh, they uh, so much of that scene is in Spanish. And they don't put up subtitles. Um, we, as non-Spanish speaking individuals, I, I assume Phil, you don't speak Spanish. You have yet to reveal that to me. If you do, uh, I've lived in South Florida for a long time. Um, I can I can make a delivery to a kitchen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's that's you about can, it. <laughs> you can ask where do I put this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like that there wasn't subtitles and yet. Like I knew exactly what was going on. It, 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 that's again, Bill Hader, not showing you too much unless you do speak Spanish, but it's not necessary to know what's going on. Right. It's, it also, yeah, just treated it as like, well, it's just the conversation they're having, but what is happening transcends kind of the dialogue. She is trying to get him like, you know, look at this, like throw in the switch, the electricity. And then, having the guy play the piano and having Cristobal like touch her and be like, no, like, you know, and now this is good. This is nice. Like you just know what's going on. What's Yeah. Uh, and then Hank shoots Elena and the dancer who was really, you know, he was just, just dancing. No, but the way the, again, the not showing, but just hearing the shot and then hearing like the, the falling on the piano keys is like, God, that's such a, just a brilliant little sliver of a moment in this episode. Yeah. And then Hank walks in, you know, and, and Cristobal kind of smiles when Kinda. he sees him and they embrace. And you even see like the look on Hank's face of like, well, our relationship has <laughs> just changed dramatically. <laughs> yes. There's, there's no going back to our little uh, bungalow home. And, uh, and actually like nothing happened. It's yeah. I mean, that's the, I think the heartbreaking thing is, you know, just in this turn of events, now we're instantly different people. I mean, it's, there's no going back to what we were. There's no, uh, acting like this didn't happen. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's so sad. It's I mean, I think this is the the storyline that is so representative of how I feel about this whole episode, because it's just sad all the way. Every storyline is sad. Every storyline wraps up, but it wraps up in a sad way. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, it's the one that like, obviously there's like, there's going to be consequences to Elena being killed and, and all of that. Um, but it's, it's the one where it's like, you know, you wanted the happy ending for him so bad. You wanted these two you really did to yeah. just find a way to be together. And they are together, but so much has happened now that it is like, where does this relationship go? Can they heal with everything that Cristobal has been through this season? You know, is he, are they going to be going to therapy? I would love to see that in season four. Uh, Cristobal in therapy, actually, yeah, like actually like talking about all of this and the therapist just like being horrified and shocked, um, the whole time. But are they going to be able to get past it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think at the beginning of the season, we were talking about, about, you know, Barry's in this really dark place. Barry's really off the rails and, I think as the season has gone on, we've kind of looked at Barry and said, yeah, I don't think Barry's coming back from the place he's in. But I think we were always like holding out hope that Cristobal and Hank would would get out from under um, their respective mob families and find a way to be together at that place in Santa Fe yeah. where they can watch Percy Jackson movies and you yeah. know, sit in the hot tub and just be that boring suburban couple that we love to see them as. Yeah. Cause that's what they, that's what they want to be. That's what we love them as. Um, but unfortunately that might not be, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's sad. I wish the best for, you no ho Hank, um, fun for, for Anthony, not fun. <laughs> I shouldn't say nothing was fun about <laughs> any of this, but you know, great, great for Anthony Kerrigan to get, a little bit more for Noho Hank rather than just being uh, the kind yeah. of comic relief the whole time. You know, that character getting a lot more depth. At, is the cost worth it? I don't know. My heart's broken. I didn't, my, uh, my, it really is. I feel very disillusioned with love and relationships right now. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, he was, he was great in this episode, especially, um, you know, watching him Hulk out on his handcuffs and, you know, bust out of that radiator and you see that it's all driven by fear. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, he just saw red and, and rage. Right. It's, it's, you really see like he's driven by something that's terrified inside him. Yeah. He is not, he is not like, oh, hero moment. Like I'm going to break this, get the gun. No, like, not at all. Uh, it is survival instincts have kicked in entirely. Uh, and when the chips are down, like Hank can, can do it, but Hank didn't want to do it. You never, he'd never guess that two episodes, he watched a guy shoot him in the neck with a blow dart. Um, (laughs) you know, that that this was inside of him the whole time. Well, at that point, he didn't want to be rude at this point. I think he has stopped caring. (laughs) He's over uh, it now (laughs) about being rude, which is, you know, this is a good time to stop caring about being rude. We've, we've seen a shadow of this before when he got mad at Barry, I think in season two. Yeah. The start of season two where he was like, Barry, I'm polite to you. And I'm, you know, I'm nice to you because I'm a nice person and you are being an ass. You know, he, he basically gets mad that Barry is, is rude to him. And I think like you do kind of see like, Oh, this is in him. If you're not treating him well, this can come out. There is another side to Hank. Yeah. Uh, We just had, we just had not seen it yet. 
And then we joined Barry again. Uh, out there in the outskirts of Los Angeles, wherever in his he body is. depository, <laughs> yeah, in the spot that he rented, uh, um, where he is about to bury the attacker, and then Albert, who you know, some hand waving here. How did Albert find him? No, no, no. Uh, but Albert finds him and uh, puts Barry at gunpoint, and Barry just breaks down. Uh, yeah, he just collapses and like you know, starts crying that that Albert is confronting him over all of this. Albert calls him out on Chris specifically. You know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of understands Barry's a contract killer. He's like, how much for this guy? And, you know, it, from his conversation, he kind of lets on that. Yeah, I get it. If you're shooting mobsters and, and low lives, but Chris, why did you shoot Chris? Right, he looked up. How to much you. did they pay you to kill Chris? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Barry, you know, Barry like is showing that he he just doesn't want to die. Basically, um, he is terrified of being confronted by this, and you know, Albert. He knows Albert could and maybe like maybe on some level in Barry's own mind, like should shoot him. Uh, But Barry has like no response. You know, he's not standing up. He's not being like the tough guy. He is just on his knees uh, crying. And then Albert tells him, you know, I have a daughter. And if you hadn't saved my life back in the day, she wouldn't be here. So basically doing the whole like a life for a life thing. Um you know, you can, you you have to stop doing all of this. Like, you have a chance to make it right. By make it right, I mean, you know, like you you get you got to stop all of this. Like I'm giving you your one chance right here. Uh, and he does he does say starting now, which is what Barry had told himself after he killed Janice. Right. That all of this is over starting now. Um, but he he does spare Barry. He tells Barry that uh, you need to change your ways. You know, I'm going to I'm going to let you walk out of here alive, but you need to change your ways. I think it's a really interesting scene uh, just because it kind of shows like Albert is in as much denial as Barry has been. And look where it's led Barry to. And, Mm. you know, like, is Albert kind of kidding himself? And is he going to end up in a a similar place by by believing uh, that Barry can change, you know, is he emotionally invested in it too much? Um, and I also think it just in the, I'm a little stuck on the, the death rebirth thing. I think this is kind of confronting with his past, even though he's kind of, uh, trying to second, uh, second chance himself and, and start over, uh, when he's confronted with his past, I feel like Barry's a guy who's compartmentalized all of his guilt and all of his emotion and seeing Albert brings everything to the surface. I think a lot of that uh, crying fit that he has on the ground is just everything surfacing uh, right there. He's being confronted with where it all started was he murdered a guy who shot Albert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't that guy, right? He, he, 
just he shot a different guy. Like he he had a, he had reacted to Albert being shot, and I think that I, mean, I was right. It, yeah. he, he murdered a guy after Albert was shot. That's yeah. right. It was it wasn't uh, the but, guy. But he had like put you know he was like putting pressure and like had applied some basic like stuff that may have been what kind of made it so he could get out of there. Um, and you know he's he's saying because you did this for me, like I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this chance, and it's kind of bringing in this forgiveness, right? Like Barry wants so bad and has wanted so bad to like get past this life um yeah whether or not that's lip service or not and like now here somebody is somebody who knows his deeds and is handing him this forgiveness on a silver platter uh and is saying like like i you're i'm gonna forgive you you can move on but you have to you have to move on like you have to actually move past this that's a really interesting angle i hadn't considered this is somebody who knows what he did and barry didn't have to threaten him he didn't have to pay him off he didn't have to uh trade favors with him uh that he was just willing to clean slate him yeah that's really interesting i i hadn't even thought of that angle that's uh that's a great read on it and he knows that barry has good inside of him right because barry helped save his life so he's like i know there's good inside of you he does say i've seen real evil before and you're not it yeah which well i I don't know i don't know albert you haven't been watching the show um (laughs) (laughs) that that might but i mean i guess he's not like torturing people you know he's just killing people he's not (laughs) killing people with panthers he's essentially doing a job Right. Uh, he's unemotionally involved. It's not, he's not taking pleasure in it. Yeah. Um, and, and when it has been personal, it's been, um, you know, when he went and cleaned out the monastery, basically, and killed all the gangsters. Yeah, he has, he has been unemotional um, pretty much throughout all of this, except for when it comes to Fuchs. Um, and Fuchs, all that had a way to kind of press his buttons uh, but in general, like he's not going after people because he wants to, uh, he was going after people because he was hired to, and like, that's messed up and wrong and perhaps, you know, evil in its own way. Sure. But it's not ruining. Well, again, it is ruining people's lives as we've seen, but it is, it is not doing a lot of the things that we know happens with like cartels and, and things like that. Like you said, he's a job. Right. He's, he's a hitman. He's a, he's a cog in a much bigger machine. And he's Albert's not personally him, invested in anything. Yeah. You um, know, it's yeah. Albert's telling him like, don't be a cog in the machine anymore. Yeah. It's a, it's, I don't know. It's a really interesting scene of all of the buildup for Albert, you know, this whole season, uh, it feels anticlimactic, but it feels, important at the same time yeah it does i think like emotionally it is important for barry i think from a um his from his journey standpoint this is a very important moment where somebody is granting him forgiveness Um, it's the one person from his past that has come up this season that is not trying to kill him right right even though he had a gun on him he did, but, but, but he, you know, uh, stepped back at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, and Barry takes that moment and decides, uh, I need to leave L.A. 
you know, if I'm going to start over, it's going to have to be somewhere new. Um, and he's thinking with, because of what happened that Sally's going to come with him. So he, he talks to Sally on the phone and this is, there's a really interesting little bit of writing here. Um, he tells Sally that I love you. And what do you think she said in return? Um, well, she says, I love you too. Doesn't she? No, I, I, I heard it that way originally, but I had the captions on and it had something else on there. I'm like, Oh, that's weird that they like messed up the captions on that. But then like, I went back and I played it again. I was listening. She said, Oh, you do. Like it was like a question. So, oh really? Yeah, she, she, he says oh, wow. I love you, and it's it, they place it in a way that seems like she says like I love you too, but what she says is Oh you do, like like Oh, oh that's you interesting. Do. Yeah, it, oh, I'm gonna have to go watch this a third time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if if you if you know to listen for it, like you can hear it. But the first time like I was watching, it, like I totally heard I love you too, and I was like, why did the caption say that? And then went back. I was like, no, she says Oh you do. Is yeah, oh, that's that's really interesting. Uh, but it's interesting what she's doing at that time as well. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, he's like, oh, we'll, we'll take off. I just got to get some shit from my apartment. Um, and she's like, okay. And, you know, they go through that phone conversation. Then she gets on a plane to go back to Joplin, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's heading back to, to Joplin, not going with Barry. Another sad ending for a character. Yeah. Going on a journey because Joplin, as we know, is like a place that had a lot of pain for her. Right. So what's you know, what's driving her going like what what's what is there for her that like that is I mean, obviously it's probably preferable to everything that just happened uh in the last day of her life. Um but yeah, like she is leaving and we, we don't know that it's forever, but it seems like it's, you know, with everything that's gone on, like, it's pretty definite. She is leaving L.A. where, like, so much of her dreams and hopes were to right. go to go back to Joplin. Well, as Barry told her in a text message earlier this season, uh, you know, <laughs> you got to move back to move forward sometimes. Oh, hey, this is 40% yeah. <laughs> off. Wow. <laughs> Sir, you're speaking too loud. <laughs> Bullet dodged. Uh, yeah. I may, maybe I. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, we made the joke last week that I think Sally needs to take a break and go work for Mitch. But you know, maybe just taking a break from all of L.A. Uh, is is what Sally needs, uh, and letting this controversy blow over, and then maybe maybe she goes to New York and starts over. I don't know. Well, I think she's it's going to be inevitable for her to be kind of dragged into what where barry ended up at the end i would think yeah um which let's let's start building towards that uh because after that phone call with sally he gets a call from jim jim tells him he needs to come over immediately barry's like nope i'm busy (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) because i think he even says like i want to talk about janice uh and barry's just like uh no thank you uh, and then Gene calls and um, is like, just I forget exactly what he says, but it's basically hinting that like uh, Jim knows and, uh, yeah. it, you know, 
he, he's going to do something. Gene, it's hinted that Gene's going to do something. Uh, it seemed like, I mean, the way they were setting that up was pretty broad for interpretation. I thought like, oh man, is Gene like about to shoot himself? It seemed, yeah, there is, they showed Gene sitting on the curb with a gun, with his rip-torn gun, yeah. uh, uh, presumably. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's so wide open. Everything he's saying about like, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna take away everything I've worked for. Um, he, he's crazy. He wants revenge. Don't talk to him, Barry. You know, like he's, he's really like, um, he, he sounds very desperate and you, you know, as we've learned if Gene is nothing, if not unpredictable mm. and, um, kind of a wild card sometimes. So yeah, I mean, there's a million ways to come at his character in that scene. Yeah. But I I was worried that Barry was going to drive up and we were going to see just the collapsed body of Gene there. Um, but we don't. We see that Gene with the gun. They continue their conversation. Uh, that whole thing of like, yeah, he can't be talked with. He knows everything. Barry, like it's going to he's going to undo it all. And with what you were talking about earlier, Phil, about like Barry doesn't want Sally or Gene to go down this darkness. He's like, no, you can't do this. Um, I right. I'll do it because I'm capable of doing it. Um, even though, you know, he just got handed that, that forgiveness. It's like, there's that, there's always that one last thing, right? That, that was one kind of, loose end. Yeah. Yeah. That was season one. Why, why he shot Janice is because Janice was the one loose end. Um, and he goes in uh, prepared to kill Jim, uh, only for Barry to get caught. The police. So, are there. So unexpected. I mean, it really blindsided me Same. when, when <laughs> basically the entire LA SWAT force is, is in Jim Moss's backyard. I mean, to, you know, with what Barry has accomplished, yeah, probably a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally did not see that coming. Um, and I, I don't know that I thought Barry was going to shoot Jim. I thought Jim's going to, you know, speak up and acknowledge that he knows Barry's there and get into some weird psychological, uh, <laughs> you know, torture with him or, mm-hmm. or something, but nope, it, it went cut and dry to, uh, you know, he fell right into the trap. Yeah. And it was a trap, not just by Jim, but we see by Gene, uh, who's standing there watching Barry get arrested. And when they, when they revealed Gene, when the, uh, the uh, officers yeah. were parting and Gene was, I gasped. I had an actual really, yeah. reaction uh, to Gene being there. He's and, a great actor. He uh, sold it. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause earlier this season, Barry was like, you're, you're not a good actor, Mr. Cousineau. Um, uh, I have a, a friend, my buddy, Zach, um, he and I were talking last night. Uh, and he, he said that same thing, that it was a brilliant, like full circle moment from Barry calling him out for being bad to his amazing acting, uh, yeah. <laughs> being what sold Barry <laughs> right. up the river. And it, like, if you think about it, it's like, you know, he said what he needed to, to manipulate Barry. Cause if you think about it, it's like, why would, why would Gene really care if Jim knows 
you know, like how would it undo anything for, for Gene? But because like Barry had convinced himself that Gene cares about him so much, you know, that uh, he he wanted to protect Gene because he still cared so much about Gene and manipulated that. And I was saw an interview as well um, where uh, it was asked to Bill Hader, like, do you think that Cousineau still cares about Barry? And uh, Bill Hader's just like, nope, Cousineau wanted justice and now he has gotten justice. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he sees Barry for who he is and does not, does not forgive him. It is, um, I think kind of the, the shining, uh, bright point, the single bright point of this episode. And even that is a little bit sad when you kind of look back at the first season, uh, and, and season two, where you kind of go, Barry and Jean had a kind of unique friendship, a, a unique relationship that was good. And, you know, you understand, like, it's all based on lies, of course, but like, it, just like anybody that you find out the truth about, it's like, it's a gut punch to you. You, It's the loss of a re, uh, relationship that meant something. So yeah. even the bright point in this episode has a <laughs> kind of a sad lining to it in, uh, and they just managed to be sad on every front. Yeah. Uh, and there, that last shot, I want to talk about that the last shot. shot yeah. It's much, such a good, such a good shot um, where they, there's from, they're inside the house and it's looking out and there's just these three windows. Um, and in one of them, you know, you know like there's the police around, but one of them is Jim. One of them is Cousineau and they kind of share like their last, little look together like we did it right. we got it uh and then Cousineau walks off and Jim is just left standing there outside of his house um and like there's a picture it's uh, so well framed because there's a picture it, of it's, Janice it's so so good yeah, yeah. that picture of Janice like mm-hmm. in the house and Jim like he doesn't move to go inside you know he got what he wanted but it's you know but now it's one of those things of like now what it's uh, um the I wrote that in my notes be, as soon as I saw Jim standing on his lawn by himself in that beautiful last shot and just reflecting back on the entire episode everyone is alone and damaged mm-hmm. that's that's the end of this season is everybody is even the people who got what they wanted they're alone and da- it doesn't bring anybody back it doesn't um, you know, people are, are damaged by finding out what they knew about Barry and, and, uh, things, you know, there's closure, but new things have opened up. It's just, it's just a sad episode on every front. Yeah. I, I'm going to keep saying that until <laughs> I eventually start crying on Mike. Uh, it's, it's fine. My fiance <laughs> cried, uh, at the last scene. Uh, she should. It's yeah. appropriate. And she yeah. cried at it again later when she was like, it was just so sad. And it's true. Uh, but she said, Hater, uh, not she said, um, I just saw here, Hater said of the final scene, this is from that Variety article, um, it's just about, it's just Jim Moss alone with the memory of his daughter. And he doesn't want to go inside of that house because it's empty. And the, reasons, the reason it's empty is because of Barry. And it's felt like the right kind of note to end the season on because it was so much about trauma and victims of violence, Barry's and other people's violence. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't end with yeah. Barry, you know, other shows would like, they would show Barry being put in the squad car, uh, or whatever, like 
Barry gets swamped by the police, and you know what's you know what's happening to him. He's let off, and we're left instead with the victims of yeah. of the show. Uh, and it's just kind of an interesting way to frame it. Of like, this isn't about like, oh, what's going to happen to Barry, our lovable anti-hero next? It's like, nah, the consequences have come. That's all season long. It's yeah. been building to this, and now it's it's happened. And for the victims. Now what? That's it. Um, and that, that is a great point that like, yeah, they don't show Barry being put in the squad car. They don't, when they reveal Kusino, he doesn't like go after him and be held back by the cops, you know, like, yeah, uh, you know, you betrayed me or any of, of these kind of things. It is just, it's this really quiet kind of meditative moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, that is appropriate to end this season on when the, so much of the season has been about, showing everyone from Kyle and his mom that they kind of open the whole season with it is just like bringing these people back into the fold and, and they're all just really broken people because of Barry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole last episode with uh, Ryan's dad. Yeah. Ooh. And just what a, what a brutal, you know, punch in the gut that episode ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I love that they have not like it wasn't everybody was just coming for Barry for blood, right? Because they they could have gone that route. No, Barry's got to deal with other people who are trying to kill him. Like it it leaned into the the realism of trauma and the different way it affects people uh, in ways that will make this show hard to rewatch in the future. And I'm going to because it's it's great, right? Um, I think this has a chance of going down as kind of one of those all-time great shows, depending on how they ever, you know, stick the landing when they when they get to it. Uh, I have faith. Huh? I have faith. Yeah, yeah, so do uh, I. You know, um, there's a great team behind this show. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah, but it's still like the, where this season went is like it's so, man, it was so, so hard. Um, but one thing I really appreciate about this ending to the season is um, that this was not a show that was like, okay, well we need Barry to keep being free so we can keep, uh, and I think I even said last season, I was like, or last episode, I was like, I don't know if they're going to, you know, Barry going to jail. How are they going to do that? Uh, but then Barry's going to jail because they didn't want to do that thing of like, Oh, well he, he just gets away with it again. And like more bad things are going to happen, but he's going to keep getting away with it. Cause he's the protagonist. Um, no, it's right. like this show at least has one more season. Um, Maybe more beyond that, I don't know, but it's going to be Barry dealing with the consequences in like the justice system and like p- probably going to jail. And yeah. it's not a show where he just keeps getting away with it because we want our protagonist free. It's I, it's kind of interesting that this is a show going down of like what happens if they don't just keep getting away with it. I'm really interested in that because they didn't do the Dexter thing or. uh you know, even to draw a comparison that has been made a million times, the Breaking Bad thing where he escapes by the skin of his teeth and uh, you think, oh, he, now he's going to get out and he goes deeper in, you know, like this. The, not to, I'm not mocking Breaking Bad, my all time favorite show, but like <laughs> it, it is just like, um, you know what I mean? We've seen these things before where, uh, you know, they show consequences, but they don't 
they don't ever really put somebody in a corner like this. I mean, to really go, yeah, we got one more season left and our title character is going to prison. And it's, it's just, I don't know that I've ever seen that before. And I'm really, really curious to see what they do with that. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, because there's, uh, you know, because I think it's like when they get caught is like kind of viewed as like now they're they're paying for their they're paying for everything and you know it's kind of a cheap way to get out of having to do and i'm not saying this is all for like every show but as a way to get uh get out of having to actually do growth for your character so they just keep getting away with it because then you have like they have to keep getting away with it uh and now Barry's not going to, and he, and it's in a, in a point where he was starting to have some revelations. So how is that going to reconcile with him now actually like getting caught and like, is he actually going to be able to, is he going to stay on that path of like trying to uh, get that redemption? Is he, is he going to accept that prison might be, or like, I don't know, like, prison whatever actions i don't think california has a death penalty um whatever comes his way like is he going to be accepting those things what is this going to mean for barry and i'm i'm just very curious to see yeah um i'm also curious because uh fuchs may be heading to prison oh and yes will, barry will they be in prison together barry and fuchs might be cellmates uh, uh- yeah. I could I could see it being a a Fuchs is the guy who gets things and you know brokers deals in jail and starts you know <laughs> trying to rent Barry out to do prison hits or something. Um, I, but yeah, I mean that was my when I realized I I rewatched it again today and I was like, oh yeah, Fuchs goes to prison too. Like, the, so there's still opportunity to have some of the old dynamic in there but i am really hoping they do uh some interesting i mean it's a whole new setting so it kind of has to be a whole new uh character dynamic too yeah and we're probably going to see like the trial and and barry actually you know hearing from people what his actions have done i'm at the same time yeah you're right like fuchs who has no uh has no desire to change his ways um has had several chances to change his ways and move on with his life has no desire to and embraced even being the raven who uh (laughs) and what's that going to mean in prison versus like barry is going to prison for a lot of the same things you know they're they're tied together and that's i think it's just going to come out more as the show goes on in the next season and how are these two different people going to react to being faced with their uh their crimes i can't wait already i am uh i mean like i said wrapped up loose ends but there is enough of a cliffhanger here that i can't wait to see what they do with this and uh season four can't get here soon enough no absolutely agree Uh, i don't know how long we got probably at least a, a year um i hope that it's not not that long, um, but yeah. as long as we don't have to wait three years, like we yeah. did once upon a time, uh, well worth the wait. I will say here at the I, end of I, it. I was well going to ask you, worth the, worth the wait, David? Did you enjoy the season as a whole? Yes. Yes, I did. You know, I have a friend. I was with my friend Duncan. We were talking about it, and I could tell he wasn't uh, as keen on this because it was, you know, 
he he was still wanting to root for Barry, and this season was making it really hard to root for Barry. Right. Um, and I and I understand that, but I you know I I enjoyed this season so much. I enjoy the exploration of consequences, um, of the trauma, uh, and it's yeah, it, it was good. Um, it was a really good season. I think this is as long as the show continues to kind of produce it at this level, this show's going to go down as kind of one of the greats of television history. In, in my opinion, what about you, Phil? Do you think this was worth the wait? Did the show manage to do it? Cause we haven't been glowing the whole time we've talked about this season at all. In, it, yeah. It's, it, it's kind of hard to, cause I don't want to, I don't want to rank seasons, you know, but like, mm-hmm. In a, a lot of ways, I don't. I'm not going to call this the best season of Barry, um, but I will say it's been the most interesting season of Barry. And I, I really love when a show is willing to do that thing where they're like, "Yeah, we're not just going to reset the character at the end of the season, right? Right. And we're going to put Barry in a really dark place. He's going to be lost this whole season. And, um. Yeah, I I really really appreciate that they they went down this dark road even though it's not like a feel good road, you know, at the end of it. It really um this was a this was a tragedy and I love a good tragedy sometimes. It sounds so so bizarre, but when it flows natural and all the characters end up in a place that feels natural to them. Um I I just got to tip my hat to this is, I think, some of the most interesting TV writing I've seen in a long time. And then, you know, you just put together some of these episodes that we talked about that were just directed so insanely well. That freeway chase, that um, the, the weird hallucinations. Just there's there's so many like just where theme trumped plot so many times. I'm just gushing now uh, about the high art of <laughs> that, this season. Fair. Uh. uh it just, I don't know, this just hit so many heights, this kept surprising me. So, yeah, I don't know, they spent the entire pandemic writing and rewriting and getting it to a heightened place, but um, it it all came through when we finally got these episodes. I, I loved the season. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, great season, leaving it in a place that just leaves you intrigued. Uh, like you said, not a lot of shows... Not that they're not willing to do it, but it's it's just so much easier to set them back to zero, right? It's just so much easier for yeah. your for next season for the longevity of the show. Uh, and this is a, a show that is more concerned with its its themes and its writing and, and its storytelling than the longevity of itself. Uh, and I think we we as the audience just kind of reap the benefit of having exactly. a really great show. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate all your hard work because I enjoy this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And not, not that I want every show to necessarily be like this, you know, necessarily, but it's, it's wonderful and, and awesome to have a show that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You gotta have your junk food TV too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you gotta have your high points too. And this is definitely one of them. At- Absolutely. Any last thoughts on this season? Just, I've loved doing these shows and talking it out with you. It's great to, to podcast on the reg with you again, David. Yeah, um, it's, it's been great. Hopefully we can find something to do 
before Barry comes back. Westworld season four is coming. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in on if that. You want to do that to yourself? You go right ahead. Uh, but I will say we did seasons one and two. Uh, they are among our last uh, Brokebot Mountain episodes. Mm-hmm. And that show is still archived on Spotify. If anybody wants to hear us talk about the first two seasons of Barry, yes. uh, Brokebot Mountain, you can still find the archive on Spotify. And man, it's like, it's got to be near the end of that feed. It, oh, that was definitely. Right, right before, uh, right before we went off the air. But um, yeah, that was one of the last yeah, things we there. did. Was like, hey, we're both watching Barry, right? Let's talk about Barry. <laughs> Let's talk about Barry. Yeah. And and now we are on a more regular basis, and we will uh, next season for sure. And I'm sure we'll, we'll do something in between now and then. So we'll we'll check know. in in between there. But yeah. uh, so keep your yeah. radios uh, tuned to the station, and uh, you'll you'll hear us again. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, to Phil and I, just uh, <laughs> really, this was for us. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we were happy to have you along for the ride as well. And uh, again, share your thoughts with us. Uh, we'd love to hear what you thought of this Please. season of Barry. And we will talk to you uh, next time. See you.